Hi, everybody ready? <laughs> Father Yahweh, um, we just thank you this time for this time that you've given us to spend with our family and to search out your word and to seek your heart and seek your mind. Father, just give us strength uh, to overcome any battles that's going on in our lives right now and help us encourage our enemies and our families and our friends. And also, Father, just give us what we need instead of what we want. And uh, thank you for this beautiful Sabbath. And we pray all these things through your son, Yeshua, our high priest and king. Amen. Amen. Was I breaking up? Nope. Okay, good. <clears throat> okay, well, I guess I can start in the chapter 37. Sorry if I sound terrible. My throat is hurting a little bit. I'm going to read a little bit of this real quick until Dustin's ready to read. Um, Genesis 37, chapter 1, I mean, chapter 1, verse 1, I'm sorry, guys. Jacob stayed and lived in the land of Canaan, and this, I mean, this is the same land where his father had lived. This is the story of Jacob's family. Joseph was a young man, 17 years old. His job was to take care of sheep and the goats. Joseph did this work with his brothers, the sons of Bilha and Zilpha. Sorry, uh, Joseph. These are the family records. Okay, family records of Jacob. At 17 years of age, Joseph tended sheep with his brothers. The young man was working with the sons of Bilha and Zilpha, his father's wives and he brought a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age, and he made a robe of many colors, colors for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peacefully to him. Then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. There we were binding sheaves of grain in the <clears throat> field, and suddenly my sheaf stood up, and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked him, are you really going to rule us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And he told his father and brothers, but his father rebuked him. What kind of dream is this that you have had. He said, are your mother and brothers and I'm going to come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, 
But his father kept the matter in mind. Joseph sold into slavery. His brothers had gone to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, your brothers, you know, are pasturing the flocks at Shechem. Get ready. I am sending you to them. I am ready, Joseph replied. Then Israel said to him, go and see how your brothers and the flocks are doing and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. A man found him there wandering in the field and asked him, what are you looking for? I am looking for my brothers, Joseph said. Can you tell me where they are pasturing their flocks? They moved on from here. And the man said, I have heard them. Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph sent out after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him in the distance, and before he had reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the pits. We, have, we can say that a vicious animal ate him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from them. He said, let's not take his life. Reuben also said to them, don't shed blood, throw him into the pit in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him, intending to rescue him from their hands and return him to his father. When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped off his robe, the robe of many colors that he had on. They then took him and threw him into the pit the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat a meal. They looked up, and there was a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were carrying aromatic gum, uh, balsam, and resin going down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, what do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites, and not lay a hand on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And they agreed. <clears throat> when Midian, midnight traders passed by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the pit and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites who took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy is gone. What am I going to do? So they took Joseph's robe, slaughtered a young goat, and dipped the robe in its blood. They sent the robe of many colors to their father and said, we found this, examine it. Is it your son's robe or not? His fathers recognized it. It is my son's robe, he said. A vicious animal has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, but sat, put sackcloth around his waist and mourned for his son 
many days. All his sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will go down to Sheol to my son mourning, and his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to... Let me minimize this a little bit. Uh, I can't. The Potiphar? I can't help. I don't know if I would say that. An officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard. So they had hate in their heart for him. It was Potiphar. Potiphar? Okay. Sorry, I wasn't unmuted. Yeah, the, um, they had hate in their heart for him. So what in return, this goes back to, was it Matthew 21 through 22? I believe it is. Yeah, Matthew 21 through 22. Anyone hates your brother, you've committed murder right. in your heart. Yep, and what were they about to do? They were about to murder him. Right. So once again, this is, once again, what she was preaching is nothing new. Just because he had a dream, bro. Yep. This also shows no matter how much you think you can hinder the father's plan, he's gonna his plan's gonna prevail no matter what. They thought they could, you know, because he's having these dreams, and they thought they they thought they could get rid of him. And guess what? <clears throat> he's still gonna prevail. Yeah. Isn't there a proverbs where it talks about lying in wait to like? grab someone and murder them or throw them in a pit. Yeah, that's actually yeah. a part of the law, too. Part of the law. Also, it speaks in uh, chapter, or I'm sorry, verse 7, where it says that that his chief arose and stood upright, and the others bowed down to his chief. Well, that's like the wheat and the tares, because mm. Tares and wheat look the same, but the difference is at the harvest time, the wheat stands straight up. I mean, the wheat bows down. And the tares stand up. Yeah. yeah. And he was sold into Egypt. But they they were obedient to him. As I said, he would they would be obedient to him. So they bowed down to him eventually. <clears throat> Not saying he was a tear, like you know what I'm saying? Like he was I picked up what you're putting down. Thank you. <laughs> Reuben tried to save him. Yeah. Because he was the firstborn. He had a firstborn blessing. There's actually something about this in the testament of Joseph found earlier. Let me see if I can find it again. I'm not going to be able to give an exact verse because the way Josh's platform set up that he wants you to read the whole chapter. So <laughs> you're going to read the, all the contacts. <laughs> Ain't no getting around it. It's not a bad idea, though. Get people to read more. Did they have any consequences for their actions? Uh, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean they have to serve. <laughs> they have to serve their brother, didn't they? No, they their never brother ran over them. They never paid for that, though. They they really didn't have any consequences except for they they felt guilty all those years, which we'll find out coming up. You know, they felt guilty. They felt that guilt, and out of all that guilt, and they knew they did wrong. Joseph showed him mercy. He could have got back at him, but he didn't. Because he loved him, because those were his brothers. Same when Yeshua comes back. He could hate us for the things we've done. Or he can show us mercy because our heart has been circumcised and we know that we've done wrong. What's that passage where it says that um, you're ashamed of the things you did in your youth and now you, you've changed and now you know you've done wrong and only only he can judge our heart and, and know that we are sincere about our our repentance, you know, it's just a like a foreshadow of what the Messiah is going to do, what Yeshua is going to do when he comes back. Just an example. Y'all agree or disagree? I agree. I think too, it shows how for humans, like we look at this kind of situation, and even in our own lives, <clears throat> where people do us wrong, and we want immediate justice we want them we want vengeance for what they did to us but sometimes if we're just patient we realize that the person is hurting for what they did to us and us forgiving them and moving on and you know repairing that is usually much better than any swift vengeance would ever you know be it's better Vengeance is for the Father. Yeah. We're supposed to forgive our enemies. And we're supposed to love our enemies. And Joseph's brothers were his enemy. And when mm -hmm. he saw, he actually went into another room and wept. Because he missed them. Yeah. He didn't have no remorse against them. And he, he wept for them like... That, that's a beautiful story. I mean, we're not there yet, but that's, like I said, it's coming up. And he showed him mercy because he loved him. <laughs> Anybody else got anything? Hey, who are the Ishmaelites? The descendants of Esau? Uh -oh. No, Ishmael. Sorry. My bad. Mix up. So they'd be like, they would be like his uncle. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Oh, they broke another command. They like kidnapped the brother and sold him into slavery. They broke all kinds of commands. They lied. <laughs> they stole his coat. <laughs> they threw him in a pit. Conspired for evil. Conspired for evil. 
which was malice. Did not honor the yeah, mother, their father by telling them the truth, by telling mm-hmm. Joseph or they get the truth. And yeah. they lied. So yeah. they Let's deceived they their father. And they deceived Reuben. Yeah. They coveted his his they coveted him. They envied him. Because they were jealous of him. Um so we were looking at the definitions uh in Romans, was it tw- one twenty-nine through thirty, where it talks about the different things that um what is it that God's yeah, giving evil people up to. And uh envy and malice were some of those and that's exactly what they're doing here. And envy like we often think of jealousy and envy as like synonyms, but they're not. Envy is actually looking at what someone else has, resenting them for having it because you want it. Right. Like hating the fact that they have something that you don't have. Not just wanting, not just wanting what they have. It's hating them for having it. Right. Going back to the Testament of Joseph, I don't know if Mike is there or not yet, but so it says the the copy of the Testament of Joseph, when he was about to die, he called his sons and his brethren together and, and said to them, my brethren and my children, hearken to Joseph, the beloved of Israel. Give ear, my sons, unto your father. I have seen in my life envy and death, yet I went not astray, but, but preserved in the truth of the Lord. These, my brethren, hated me, but the Lord loved me. They wished to slay me, but the God of my fathers guarded me. They let me down into a pit, and the Most High brought me up again. I was sold into slavery, and the Lord of all made me free. I was taken into captivity, and his strong hand secured me. Uh, I was beset with hunger, and the Lord himself nourished me. I was alone, and God God comforted me. I was sick, and the Lord visited me. I was in prison, and my God showed favor unto me. In bonds, and he released me, slandered, and he pleaded my cause, bitterly spoken against by the Egyptians, and he delivered me, envied by my fellow slaves, and he exalted me, and this chief captain of Pharaoh entrusted to me his house, and I struggled against a shameless woman, urging, and we're about to read all this, (laughs) but yeah. I'll keep that open because we'll read the next Honestly, if you read just the whole two testaments, I mean, the whole second testament talks about all this, too. Literally talking about him going and being sold into slavery and everything. Yeah. Who the heck is this left? Also about the, uh, the sheaths. The one bowing down to the other one. It kind of reminds me of Peter when he spent all those years after Messiah died not having anything to do with the Gentiles until he went to Cornelius, who was a Gentile. Because that's always been one of the problems is same thing with Judaism today. They're like, oh, you're not part of our clique. You know, or even Christianity, you're not part of our clique. I have but a question. The, but at the end of the day, we're all men and women trying to strive to walk like. 
So. So when Yeshua sent them out, he told them not to go to the Gentiles. Um, could Peter have just been like holding to that, like from where he had told them then not to go to the Gentiles? I think he would still. And Abba was just kind of like, hey, like, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> like, no, I think he was still in, in, um, in that Judaism mindset. Yeah, because it says that when the circumcision party came, he would tend to them, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he was still kind of yeah, like. where Paul said that he had to, like, reprimand him because. Galatians. He would yeah. eat with the Gentiles when, like, he would eat with the new converts and stuff when the Jews weren't around. Right. Kind of like. um the reason why Egyptians didn't like um, Israelites, you know, yeah. shepherds and they were dirty and they wouldn't eat with them. And I think that's where, you know, maybe some some of the Israelites get that concept. Like some of the Pharisees, they get that concept like, oh, we're better than you. We're not going to eat with you. What's that verse in Isaiah, where it says, stay away from me because I am holier than you. And God said, these are smoke in my nostrils. <laughs> you know. So. It's like a haughty people. That was one of the things in Romans 2 that was that God gave them over to was um, boastfulness. And I think there was one other one. I can't remember off the top of my head but they mean like to think of yourself as being better than someone else like putting right. yourself at a higher pedigree than them looking down on them that's can't ever count out now i did say something about judaism and christianity where they act like you're not part of their club but on our end of it we shouldn't ever act like God's power is null and void, that he can't do the same thing to them. And I know they think the same thing about us, but we're always willing to engage with somebody and talk to them. And But you get a certain, certain point in the conversation where they say, well, you're just without understanding or you don't believe Jesus is God or, you know, stuff like that. We just got to remember. I'll be right back, guys. Um, Dustin, I don't know if you want to put in the story portion or not, or wait until the end, but if you read chapter two, uh, I mean, not chapter two, but yeah, yeah, chapter two of Joseph, the Testament of Joseph, it's literally talking about all the captivity and everything. Yeah, I didn't even think about um, it. It basically fills in everything right here. Yeah. So, if y'all want to read it or not, it's up to y'all. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think read it. Um, I guess I'll continue on to 38. <clears throat> and it says, 
At that time, it came to be that Judah left his brothers and turned aside to a man, an Adulamite, whose name was Hero. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite woman whose name was Shuva, and he took her and went into her. So she conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Ur. And she conceived again and bore a son and called his name Onan. And she conceived yet again and bore a son and called his name Shelah. And he was at Kezib, or Kezib, when she bore him. And Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the side, or in the eyes of Yahuwah, and Yahuwah took his life. And Judah said to Onan, Go into your brother's wife and marry her, and raise up an heir to your brother. And Onan knew that the offspring would not be his, and it came to be when he went into his brother's wife that he spilled on the ground, lest he should give an offspring to his brother. But what he did displeased Yahuwah, so he took his life too. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah is grown. For he said, Lest he also die as his brothers did. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. <clears throat> and after a long time, the daughter of Shuvah, Judah's wife, died. And Judah was comforted and went up to his sheep shears at Timnah. He and his friend Hira the Adulamite. And it was reported to Tamar, saying, See, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. And she took off her widow's garments and covered herself with a veil and wrapped herself and sat at the entrance of Enayim, which was on the way to Timnah. For she saw that Shelah was grown and she was not given to him as a wife. And Judah saw her and reckoned her for a whore, for she had covered her face. And he turned aside to her by the way. <clears throat> And said, Please let me come in to you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What do you give me to come in to me? And he said, Let me send you a young goat from the flock. And she said, Do you give me a pledge until you send it? That's important in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and he said, What pledge should I give you? And she said, Your seal and your cord and your staff that is in your hand. And he gave them to her and went into her and she conceived by him. And she arose and went away and removed her veil and put on the garments of her widowhood. And Judah sent the young goat by the hand of his friend, the Adulamite, to receive his pledge from the woman's hand, but he did not find her. And he asked the men of that place, saying, Where is the cult prostitute who was beside the way of Enayim? And they said, There was no cult prostitute in this place. And he returned to Judah and said, I have not found her. And the men of the place also said that there was no cult cult prostitute in this place and judah said let her take them for herself lest we become despised for i sent this young goat and you have not found her and it came to be about three new moons later three new months <clears throat> after that judah was informed saying tamar your daughter-in-law has whored and see she has conceived by whoring and judah said bring her out and let her be burned when she was brought out, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man to whom these belong, I am pregnant. And she said, Please examine whose these are, the seal and the cord and the staff. And Judah examined and said, She has been more righteous than I, because I did not give her to Shelah my son, and he never knew her again. <clears throat> and it came to be at the time for giving birth that see twins were in her womb. 
And it came to be when she was giving birth that the one put out his hand and the midwife took a scarlet thread and bound it on his hand, saying, this one came out first. And it came to be as he drew back his hand that see his brother came out. And she said, how did you break through this breach be upon you? So his name was called Peretz. And afterward, his brother came out who had the scarlet thread on his hand. So his name was Zerah. That pledge part made me think of uh, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. I give you a pledge. What was up with the red cord around the wrist? Was it a red cord? Or a scarlet? Or... Oh, the, okay, I thought you were talking about. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe that was a indicator back then for like which child came out first or something. I don't know. And Joseph had been taken down to Mitzrayim and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, a Mitzrayim, brought him from the Ishmaelites or bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down. And it came to be that Yahuwah was with Joseph, and he became a prosperous man, and was in the house of his master, the Mitzrite. And his master saw that Yahuwah was with him, and that Yahuwah made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his eyes, and served him. And he appointed him over his house, and gave him, or gave into his hand all that he had. And it came to be, from the time that he appointed him over his house, and all that he had, that Joseph blessed the Mitzrite's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of Yahuwah was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left in Joseph's hand all that he had, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. And Joseph was handsome in form and handsome in appearance. And after these events, it came to be that his master's wife lifted up, his, or lifted up her eyes to Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has given into my hand all that he has. No one is greater in this house than I, and he has not withheld whatever from me but you, because you are his wife. And how shall I do this great evil and sin against Elohim? And it came to be, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not listen to her, to lie with her, to be with her. And it came to be on a certain day, when Joseph went into the house, to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand, and fled and ran outside. And it came to be, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house, and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice, and it came to be when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried that he left his garment he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. And she kept his garment with her until his master came home. And she spoke to him these same words, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it came to be as I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. 
And it came to be when his master heard the words of his wife spoke to him, which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me according to these words that he he that his displeasure burned. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the sovereign's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But Yahuwah was with Joseph and extended loving commitment to him. And he gave him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And the prison warden gave into the hand of Joseph all the prisoners who were in the prison, and whatever was done there was his doing. The prison warden did not look into any point that was under Joseph's hand, because Yahuwah was with him, and whatever he did, Yahuwah made it prosper. It's kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> so, wasn't it, I'm trying to remember, the New Testament, wasn't there something said about like the apostles couldn't believe that he was a, with a woman? Like Yeshua was by the woman at the well, or the woman said something about being alone with a man. I mean, like, wasn't that like a thing back then that like the men were not alone with the women? Wasn't that like a Jewish custom? I'm not sure. I could be completely wrong about this. Anybody? Hey, the law hadn't been given yet. No, no, I'm, I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about the time when Yeshua was on the scene. Wasn't it like a custom at the time, like um, a, a man would not be alone around a woman like that? Yeah, but he thought it as a sin, and the law hadn't been given yet. Yeah. So and, how do you know that? Okay, right, so that's... Yeah. Does, so it say anything, does it say anything in the Torah about not being alone around a woman? I don't know. But he, I don't think it does. He's specifically saying that she tried to sleep with him and he left because she was married and he knew it was a sin. Right. She knew it was a sin. But what I'm saying is, I wonder where he maybe like. Joseph. I, I was just saying maybe this is where um, if that was the custom at the time, the halakha, uh, the Jewish custom, I wonder maybe that's where they got that from. Maybe this story right here. Where Jude, as as, uh, Jude didn't come about until Second Kings. This I'm is not, pre- I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I understand that he knew it was a sin to commit adultery and he right. knew it was wrong. I'm not talking about that. What I'm asking, what I'm asking, how did he know it was a sin? There's no law. There was a law, though. Hmm? I believe there was a law, though, before Mount Sinai. There had to be something. Yeah. I think at least the Levites had law. I was just saying, maybe this is where the Judaism had that custom not to be with a woman, speak alone with a woman, maybe this is where they got that from because of this situation. Well, mm-hmm. he tried to commit adultery and she was the, uh, she's she's saying that he tried to commit adultery with her, but she's, right. the, only, she's the only witness. 
Right. So I'm saying. So it would be in everybody's best interest if you're a male or a female not to be alone with each other. Right. Even even like modern churches like have that custom though. Which I think yeah. is a good custom. I think so too. I think it's a good practice. Because I, I don't like that's for instance I, like a scenario like I don't believe like because um, I've heard stories of like girls saying things about guys when it wasn't true. So you like fall. for instance um, my wife her sister was staying with us for like a week or so and she was like 17 at the time. I told my, my wife, I was like, if she's at home at the house and you're not there, I said, I'm not going in that house. I was like, I'm not getting like some kind of story or anything ever thrown at me like that. Cause I've, I've seen too many things happen where someone says something and then cries wolf. And next thing you know, that person's getting, you know, charges against them for no reason. Right. So I, I was like, I'm not, and this is before I came, you know, way before I came for tour, I was like, I won't put myself in that situation for there to be anything said. I just, I don't think it's right. Understand. I agree with it. Yeah. No offense to women or anything or nothing like that. I think women should be the same way about men. All right. <clears throat> we ready for chapter 40. All right. <clears throat> and after these events, it came to be that the cupbearer and the baker of the sovereign of Mitzrayim sinned against their master, the sovereign of Mitzrayim. And Pharaoh was wroth with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So he put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison, the place where Joseph was a prisoner. And the captain of the guard put Joseph in charge of them, and he served them. So they were in confinement for some time. Then the cupbearer and the baker of the sovereign of Mitzrayim, who were confined in the prison, dreamed a dream, both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in confinement of his master's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And I said to him, we each have dreamed a dream, and there is no one to interpret it. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to Elohim? Relate them to me, please. So the chief cupbearer related his dream to Joseph and said to him, see, in my dream, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches. And it was a thought, or it was as though it budded. Its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. So I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days, Pharaoh is going to lift up your head and restore you to your place. And you shall put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former ruling when you were his cupbearer. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show loving commitment to me, and mention me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. For truly I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done naught, and they sh that they should put me into the dungeon. And the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, and he said to Joseph, I also was in my dream, or I also was in my dream, and saw three white baskets were on my head. 
and in the uppermost basket all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on thy head. And Joseph answered and said, This interpretation, or this is the interpretation of it, the three baskets are three days. Yet within three days Pharaoh is going to lift off your head from you and hang you on a tree, <laughs> and the birds shall eat your flesh from you. And on the third day, Pharaoh's birthday, it came to be that he made a feast for all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief cupbearer to his post of cupbearer again. And he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. And the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. <laughs> I, can only, I can only imagine. That, that the baker heard it. The cupbearer's interpretation was like, yeah, I'm going to get a good one too. And it's like, you're going to be hanged and eaten by birds, bro. I mean, it just, he's like, yeah, yeah, this interpretation is good. And he's like, what was mine? And he's like, oh yeah, you, you're going to be hanged. I mean, I kind of feel bad for the baker. That was the that was the end of the Genesis portion, wasn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> it's about the Yehud, which is, I guess, the laws of how men and women are supposed to behave in Judaism. There's okay. a, a gigantic list of things and extremely specific, kind of odd requirements for that. So I don't see anything about any sort of references. Description does, it, does get as strange as the Mormons. All right. <clears throat> All right. Jubilees chapter 34, 10 through 31 or 21. <clears throat> and in the seventh year of this week, he sent Joseph to learn about the welfare of his brothers from his house to the land of Shechem. And he found them in the land of Dothan. And they dealt treacherously with him and formed a plot against him to slay him. But changing their minds, they sold him to Ishmaelite merchants, and they brought him down into Egypt. And they sold him to Potiphar, the eunuch of Pharaoh, the chief of the cooks, priest of the city of Elu. And the sons of Jacob slaughtered a kid and dipped the coat. That's, that's a goat. And, dipped, and dipped the coat of Joseph in the blood and sent it to Jacob, their father, on the tenth of the seventh month. And he mourned all that night, for they had brought it to him in the evening, and he became feverish with mourning for his death. And he said, An evil beast has devoured Joseph, and all the members of his house mourned with him that day, and they were grieving and mourning with him all that day. And his sons and his daughter rose up to comfort him, but he refused to, to be comforted for his son. And on that day Bilhah heard that Joseph had perished, she died mourning him, and she was living in and Dina also, his daughter, died after Joseph had perished. And there came these three mornings upon Israel in one month, and they buried Bilhah over against the tomb of Rachel, and Dina also, his daughter, they buried there. And he mourned for Joseph one year and did not cease, for he said, Let me go down to the grave mourning for my son. For this reason it is ordained for the children of Israel that they should afflict themselves on the tenth of the seventh month, on the day that the news which made him weep for Joseph came to Jacob his father, that they should make atonement for themselves thereon with a young goat on the tenth of the seventh month once a year for their sins. 
for they had grieved the affection of their father regarding Joseph his son. And on this day has and this day has been ordained that they should give thereon for their sins and for all their transgressions and for all their errors, so that they might cleanse themselves, cleanse themselves on that day once a year. And after Joseph perished, the sons of Jacob took unto themselves wives, and the name of Reuben's wife is Ada, and the name of Simeon's wife is Adiba, a Canaanite, and the name of Levi's wife is Milcah, of the daughters of Aram, of the seed of the sons of Terah, and the name of Judah's wife, Betasuel, a Canaanite, and the name of Issachar's wife, Hezekiah, and the name of Zebulun's wife, Neiman, and the name of Dan's wife, Igla, and the name of Naphtali's wife, Rasu, of Mesopotamia, and the name of Gad's wife, Macha, and the name of Asher's wife, Ijonah, Ijonah, and the name of Joseph's wife, Asenath, the Egyptian, and the name of Benjamin's wife, Ejisaka, <laughs> and Simeon repented and took a second wife from Mesopotamia as his brothers. Names, names, names. And then Jubilees 39, 6 through 8. <clears throat> it says, But he did not surrender his soul, and he remembered the Lord and the words which Jacob, his father, used to read from among the words of Abraham, that no man should commit fornication with a woman who has a husband. Here's everybody's answer. <laughs> that for him the punishment of death has been ordained in the heavens before the Most High God, and the sin will be recorded against him in the eternal books continually before the Lord. And Joseph remembered these words and refused to lie with her. And she besought for him a second year, or she besought him for a year, but he refused and would not listen. Anyhow, Sirach chapter 15. <clears throat> he that feareth the Lord will do good, and he hath, or he that hath the knowledge of the law shall obtain her. And as a mother shall she meet him and receive him as a wife married of a virgin. With the bread of understanding shall she feed him, and give him the water of wisdom to drink. He shall be stayed upon her, and shall not be moved, and shall rely upon her, and shall not be confounded. She shall exalt him above his neighbors, and in the midst of the congregation shall she open his mouth. And she shall find joy and a crown of gladness, and she shall cause him to inherit an everlasting name. The foolish man shall not attain unto her. And sinners shall not see her, for she is far from, from pride, and men that are liars cannot remember her. Praise is not seemly in the mouth of a sinner, for it was not sent him of the Lord. For praise shall be uttered in wisdom, and the Lord will prosper it. Say not thou, it is through the Lord that I fell away, for thou oughtest not do, to do the things that he hateth. Say not thou, he hath caused me to err, for he hath no need of the sinful man. The Lord hateth all abomination, and they that fear God love it not. He himself made man from the beginning, and left him in the hand of his counsel. If thou wilt to keep the commandments, and to perform acceptable faithfulness, he hath set fire and water before thee. Stretch forth thy hand unto whether thou wilt. Before man is life and death, and whether him, him liketh shall be given him. 
<laughs> for the wisdom of the Lord is great, and he is mighty in power, and beholdeth all things. And his eyes are upon them that fear him, and he knoweth every work of man. He hath commanded no man to do wickedly, neither hath he given any man license to sin. Hmm. Does that mean it's not once saved, always saved? <laughs> and the law's not done away with? <laughs> well, that sounds very telling. The law's not done away with. For sure. All right, what's next? <clears throat> next we have Isaiah 49, 6-7. Go back to this book. Yeshayahu. This says... <clears throat> And he says, shall it be a small matter for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved ones of Israel? And I shall give you as a light to the nations to be my deliverance to the ends of the earth. Thus says Yahuwah, the Redeemer of Israel, there set apart one to the despised, to the loathed ones of the nation, to the servant of rulers, sovereigns shall see and arise. Rulers also shall bow themselves because of Yahuwah who is said steadfast the set-apart one of Israel, and he has chosen you. We have Amos. Amos 2, 6. Through 3, 8. It says, Thus said Yahuwah, for three transgressions of Israel, and for four, I do not turn it back, because they sell the righteous for silver, and the poor for a pair of sandals, who crush the head of the poor ones in the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of the meek. And a man and his father go into the same girl to defile my set-apart name. And they lie down by every slaughter place on garments taken in pledge. And in the house of their mighty one, they drink the wine of those who have been fined. Yet I destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars. And he was as strong as the oaks, yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. And I brought you up from the land of Mitzrayim and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. And I raised up some of your sons as prophets and some of your young men as Nazarites. Not so, O you children of Israel, declares Yahuwah. But you made the Nazarites drink wine and commanded the prophets, saying, Do not prophesy. Say, I am weighed down by you, as a wagon is weighed down when filled with sheaves. And a place to flee shall perish from the swift and the strong not fortify his power and the mighty not save his life and he who handles handles the bow not stand and the swift swift of foot not save nor he who rides a horse save his life and the potent and the one potent of his heart among the mighty flee naked in that day declares yahuwah hear this word that yahuwah has spoken against you o children of israel against the entire clan which I brought up from the land of Mitzrayim, saying, You alone have I known of all the clans of the earth. Therefore I punish you for all your crookedness. For crookednesses. Would two walk together without having met? Does a lion roar in the, in the forest when he has no prey? 
Does a young lion give forth his voice out of his den unless he has caught? Does a bird fall into a snare on the earth where there is no trap for it? Does a snare bring up from the earth if it has not captured prey? If a shofar is blown in, the, in a city, do the people not tremble? If there is a calamity in a city, shall not Yahuwah have done it? For the master Yahuwah does no matter unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared. Who is not afraid? The master Yahuwah has spoken. Who would not prophesy? Interesting. First Chronicles 2, 3-4 through four is just repeating the names of the sons of Judah. <clears throat> it says the sons of Judah, Ur, and Onan, and Shelah, the three born to him by the daughter of Shuva, the Canaanite, Canaanitess, and Ur, the firstborn of Judah, was evil in the eyes of Yahuwah, and he slew him. And Tamar, his daughter-in-law, bore him Peretz and Zerah. All the sons of Judah were five. Then we move to Matthew. Yep. I saw oh, I said I disrupted the class. Sorry. Yep, that's all right. She, uh, she's going to be in detention for three days. Um, that's right. <laughs> she's going to be in detention for three days because she shared it first. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Dustin. It's okay when he's whiny about being sick. Anyhow, we're going to go to Met Metit Yahoo 1 18 through 25. And it states <clears throat> But the birth of Yeshua Messiah was as follows. After his mother, Miriam, was engaged to Joseph, therefore they came together. She was found to be pregnant from the set-apart spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being righteous and not wishing to make a show of her, had in mind to put her away secretly. But while he thought about this, see, a messenger of Yahweh appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Miriam as your wife, for that which is in her was brought forth from the set-apart spirit. And she shall give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, for he shall save his people from their sins. And all this came to be in order to fill what was spoken by Yahuwah through the prophet, saying, See, an Alma shall conceive, and she shall give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means El with us, or with us is Yah. And Joseph, awaking from his sleep, did as the messenger of Yahweh commanded him, and took his wife, but knew her not until she gave birth to her son, the firstborn, and he called his name Yeshua. So there we see that um, he was born of a virgin, contrary to what anybody might say. Plain as day. Reads it right there. <laughs> Go to John 7. And this one's lengthy. It's the whole chapter. All right. <clears throat> After this, Yeshua was walking in Galil, for he did not wish to walk in Judah, because the Yehudim were seeking to kill him. And the festival of the Yehudim was near, the festival of Sukkot, or Booths. 
So his brothers said to him, Get away from here and go into Judah, so that your taught ones also see the works that you are doing. For no one acts in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these works, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Yeshua therefore said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. It is impossible for the world to hate you, because it hates me, because I bear witness of it, that its works are wicked. You go up to this festival. I am not yet going up to this festival, for my time has not yet been filled. And having said this to them, he stayed in Galil. But when his brothers had gone up to the festival, then he also went up, not openly, but as it were, in secret. The Yehudim therefore were seeking him at the festival and said, Where is he? And there was much grumbling about him among the crowd. Some were saying, He is good. But others were saying, No, but he is leading the crowd astray. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Yehudim. And about the middle of the festival, Yeshua went up into the set-apart place, and he was teaching. And the Yehudim were marveling, saying, How does this man know letters, not having learned? Yeshua answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone desires to do his desire, he shall know concerning the teaching, whether it is from Elohim or whether I speak from myself. He who speaks from himself is seeking his own esteem. But he who seeks the esteem of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moshe give you the Torah? Yet not one of you does the Torah. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered and said, You have a demon. Who seeks to kill you? Yeshua answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marveled. Because of this, Moshe has given you the circumcision. Though it is not from Moshe, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision, circumcision on Sabbath, so that the Torah of Moshe should not be broken, are you wroth with me because I made a man entirely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Therefore, some of the some of, from Jerusalem said, Is this not he whom they are seeking to kill? And see, he speaks boldly. And they say none at all to him. Could it be that the rulers truly know that this is truly the Messiah? But we know where this one comes or is from. And when the Messiah comes, no one knows where he is from. Yeshua therefore cried out in the set-apart place, teaching and saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, because I am from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. And many of the crowd believed in him and said, When the Messiah comes, shall he do more signs than these which this one did? The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these matters concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to seize him. Therefore Yeshua said to them, Yet a little while I am with you. Then I go to him who sent me. You shall seek me and you shall not find me. And where I am, where I am you are unable to come. The Yehudim said, Therefore said to themselves, Where is he about to go that we shall not find him? Is he about to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and to teach the Greeks? What is this word which he said, You shall seek me and you shall not find me? And where I am you are unable to come. And on that last day, the great day of the festival, Yeshua stood, out, or stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and let him who believes in me drink. 
as the scriptures said, out of his innermost shall flow the rivers of living water. And he said concerning the spirit, which those believing in him were about to receive, for the set-apart spirit was not yet given, because Yeshua had, was not yet esteemed. Many from the crowd, when they heard the word, then said, This is truly the prophet. Others said, This is the Messiah. But others said, Does the Messiah then come out of Galil? Did not the scripture say that the Messiah comes from the seed of David and from the village of Bethlehem, where David was? So a division came about among the people because of him, and some of them wished to take him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers therefore came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, Never has any man spoke like this man. The, Phar the Pharisees therefore answered them, Have you also been led astray? Has any one of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the Torah is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Yeshua by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our Torah judge the man unless it first hears first from him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galil? Search and see that no prophet has arisen out of Galil. And each one went to his own house. Second Corinthians 6. 11 through 18. <clears throat> it says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were set apart, but you were declared right in the name of the Master Yeshua and by the Spirit of our Elohim. All is permitted me, but not all shall, or not all do profit. All is permitted me, but I shall not be under authority of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but Elohim shall destroy both it and them. And the body is not for whoring, but for the master, and the master for the body. And Elohim who raised up the master shall also raise up or raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Messiah? Shall I then take the members of Messiah and make them members of a whore? Let it not be. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a whore is one body? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. And he who is joined to the master is one spirit. Flee whoring. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits whoring sins against his own body. That's the end of the portion. Unless you want to read Joseph, Micah, and we'll read chapter 2. It says, <clears throat> Ye see, therefore, my children, how great things patience worketh, and prayer with fasting. So ye too, if ye follow after chastity and purity with patience and prayer, with fasting and humility of heart, the Lord will dwell among you because he loved chastity. And wheresoever the Most High dwelleth, even though envy or slavery or slander befalleth a man, the Lord who dwelleth in him for the sake of his chastity not only delivereth him from evil, but also exalteth him even as me. For in every way the man is lifted up, whether in deed or in word or in thought. My brethren knew how my father loved me, and yet I did not exalt myself in my mind. Although I was a child, I had the fear of God in my heart, for I knew that all things would pass away. I did not raise myself against them with evil intent, but I honored my brethren, and out of respect for them, even when I was being sold, I refrained from telling the Ishmaelites that I was the son of Jacob, a great man and a mighty. 
Do ye also, my children, have the fear in all your works before your eyes, and honor as, and honor your brethren? For everyone who doeth the law of the Lord shall be loved by him. And when I came to the Indoko, what is that? Indoko Pute? I don't know. <laughs> Indokalpate. We'll just say that. That sounds good. With Ishmaelites, they asked me, saying, Art thou a slave? And I said that I was a homeborn slave, that I might not put my brethren to shame. And eldest of them said unto me, Thou art not a slave, for even thy appearance doth make it manifest. But I said that I was their slave. Now when we came into Egypt, they strove concerning me, which of them should buy me and take me. Therefore it seemed good to all that I should remain in Egypt with the merchant of their trade, until they should return bringing merchandise. And the Lord gave me favor in the eyes of the merchant, and he entrusted unto me his house. And God blessed him by any means, or by my means, and increased him in gold and silver and in household servants. And I was with him three months and five days. And about that time, the Memphian woman, wife of Pentephras, came down in the chariot with great pomp, because she had heard from the, her eunuchs concerning me. And she told her husband that the merchant had become rich by means of a young Hebrew, and they say that he had assuredly been stolen out of the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, render justice unto him, and take away the youth to thy house. So shall the God of the Hebrews bless thee, for grace from the heavens is upon him. And Pentephras was persuaded by her words, and commanded the merchant to be brought, and said unto him, what is this that I hear concerning thee, that thou stealest persons out of the land of Canaan, and sellest them for slaves? But the merchant fell at his feet, and besought him, saying, I beseech thee, my lord, I know not what thou sayest. And Pentephras said unto him, Whence then is the Hebrew slave? And he said, The Ishmaelites entrusted him unto me, until they should return. But he believed him not, but commanded him to be stripped and beaten. And when he persisted in this statement, Pentephras said, Let the youth be brought. And when I was brought in, I did obeisance to Pentephras, for he was third in rank of the officers of Pharaoh. And he took me apart from him and said unto me, Art thou a slave or free? And I said, A slave. And he said, Whose? I said, the Ishmaelites. And he said, How did thou become their slave? And I said, They bought me out of the land of Canaan. And he said unto me, Truly thou liest. And straightway he commanded me to be stripped and beaten. Now the Memphis, Memphian woman was looking through a window at me while I was being beaten. For her house was near, and she sent unto him, saying, the judgment is Thy judgment is unjust, for thou dost punish a free man who has been stolen as though he was, were a transgressor. And when I had made no change in my statement, though I was beaten, he ordered me to be imprisoned, until he said the owners of the boy should come. And the woman said unto her husband, Wherefore dost thou detain the captive and well-born lad in bonds, who ought rather to be set at liberty and be waited upon? For she wished to see me out of the desire of sin, but I was ignorant concerning all these things. And he said to her, It is not the custom of the Egyptians to take that which belongeth to others before proof is given. This, therefore, he said concerning the merchant, but as for the lad, he must be imprisoned. Now after four and twenty days came the Ishmaelites, for they had heard that Jacob my father was mourning much concerning me. And they, said, they came and said unto me, How is it that thou saidst thou were a slave, 
And lo, we have learnt that thou art the son of a mighty man in the land of Canaan, and thy father still mourneth for thee in sackcloth and ashes. When I heard this, my bowels were dissolved and my heart melted, and I desired greatly to weep, but I restrained myself that I should not be put that I should not put my brethren to shame. And I said unto them, I know not, I am a slave. Then therefore they took counsel to sell me, that I should not be found in their hands, for they feared my father lest he should come and execute upon them a grievous vengeance. For they had heard that he was a mighty, or that he was mighty with God and with men. And they said, then said the merchant unto them, release me from the judgment of Pentifree. And they came and requested me, saying, say that thou was bought by us with money, and he will set you free. Now the Memphian woman said to her husband, buy the youth, for I hear, said she, that they are selling him. And straightway she sent a eunuch to the Ishmaelites and asked them to sell me. But since the eunuch would not agree to buy me at their price, he returned, having made a trial of them. And he made known to his mistress that they asked a large price for the slave. And she sent another eunuch, saying, Even though they demand two minas, give them. Do not spare the gold, only buy the boy and bring him to me. Then you or the eunuch therefore went and gave the eighty pieces of gold and received me. But the Egyptian woman, he said, I have given a hundred. And though I knew this, I held my peace, lest the eunuch should be put to shame. Ye see, therefore, my children, what great things I endured, that I should not put my brother into shame. Do ye also, therefore, love one another, and with long suffering hide ye one another's faults? For God delighteth in the unity of brethren, and in the purpose of a heart that takes pleasure in love. And when my brethren came into Egypt, they learnt that I had returned their money unto them, and upbraided them not, and comforted them. And after the death of Jacob my father, I loved them more abundantly, and all, the, and all things whatsoever he commanded I did very abundantly for them. And I suffered them not to be afflicted in the smallest matter, and all that was in my hand I gave unto them. And their children were my children, and my children as their servants, and their life was my life, and all their suffering was my suffering, and all their sickness was my infirmity. My land was their land, and their counsel my counsel. And I exalted not myself among them in arrogance because of the, my worldly glory, but I was among them as one of the least. If ye also, therefore, walk in the commandments of the Lord, my children, he will exalt you there and will bless you with good things forever and ever. And if anyone seeketh to do evil unto you, do well unto him, and pray for him, and you shall be redeemed of the Lord from all evil. For behold, ye see that out of my humility and long suffering, I took unto wife the daughter of the priest, the priest of Heliopolis, and a hundred talents of gold were given me with her, and the Lord made them serve me. And he gave me also beauty as a flower beyond the beautiful ones of Israel. And he preserved me into old age in strength and in beauty, because I was like, because I was like in all things to Jacob. And hear ye, my children, also the vision which I saw. There were twelve hearts feeding. The nine were first dispersed all over the earth, and likewise also the three. And I saw that Judah was born a virgin wearing a linen garment, and from her was born a lamb without spot. And on his left hand there was, as it were, a lion. 
And all the beasts rushed against him, and the lamb overcame them, and destroyed them, and trod them underfoot. And because of him the angels and men rejoiced, and all the land. And these things shall come to pass in their season, in the last days. Do ye therefore, my children, observe the commandments of the Lord, and honor Levi and Judah? For from them shall arise unto you the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world, one who saveth all the Gentiles and Israel. For his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, which shall not pass away. But my kingdom among you shall come to an end, as a watcher's hammock, which after the summer disappeareth. For I know that after my death the Egyptians will afflict you, but God will avenge you, and will bring you into that which he promised to your fathers. But ye shall carry up my bones with you, for when my bones are taken up thither, the Lord shall be with you in light, and Beliar shall Why? be in darkness with the Egyptians. Why what? Why they didn't take the bones? Uh, you know, so I can't figure not... that out. Like, so this goes back to like you know people making the conscious effort to burn a body after they're gone versus burying them. I believe he wanted to be in the cave because they they put a lot of emphasis on it. Even Paul was you know talking about David. You know, why would they put so much on that? Maybe it was so that they their bones weren't burnt. I don't know. All right. <laughs> and carry ye up Asenath, your mother, to the hippodrome. That's a funny word. And near Rachel, your mother, bury her. And when he had said these things, he stretched out his feet and died at a good old age. And all Israel mourned for him and all Egypt with a great mourning. And when the children of Israel went out of Egypt, they took with him the bones of Joseph. Yeah, and they buried him in Hebron with his fathers, and the years of his life were 110 years. There's your answer right there. He wanted to be buried in, in Hebron, in the, the double cave that Abraham bought. That's the whole, you know, going to rest with your fathers. <laughs> 